listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. We got AJ Hoffman joining us, pregame.com, radio. He's got decades in the business. He's a grizzled veteran. You can see it on his face. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joan LA, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got news and notes from around training camps in the NFL. We've also got some more movement in the NBA via free agency. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Big Daddy, Philip <laughs> Rivers. <laughs> this is fascinating. These odds, I mean, and, and if you think about it, I mean, I kind of like the Colts better with Philip Rivers than I do with Carson Wentz. So this would be interesting. Yeah, and when the news came out earlier this week that Carson Wentz was going to miss 5 to 12 weeks after undergoing surgery <laughs> on his foot, uh, the stories started to come out. Who would be his replacement? People looked inside the Colts' uh, quarterback room. You had Jacob Eason, who was thrown out there. And then enter Philip Rivers, the quarterback of Indianapolis last year, who said, quote, I'm staying ready. He's not closing the door on a possible return. If somebody needed him late in the season, of course, Philip Rivers uh, supposedly retired uh, he is now coaching high school football in alabama i mean listen those games are friday nfl sunday <laughs> i mean i think we're gonna be fine but but <laughs> the five to twelve i i can't get over that it's almost like hey guys i'm gonna have dinner uh between 3 30 and 11 tonight <laughs> and and, it, and it's like I, I still think when quentin nelson had the exact same mysterious injury that apparently you got a uh, uh, like actually a part of your your bone gets removed because of this injury. We've never heard of this injury before. Like, Jonas, you've been, I mean, you and AJ's got, you know, what, 40 years between you in the business, and you're both younger guys. Have you ever heard of this injury before? No, not the timeline, and definitely not in consecutive days, the quarterback and their best offensive but, lineman with the same exact injury. But even this, the one injury that we don't even know how to name it, so we'll just say it's the Carson Wentz injury, is have we heard of an injury like this that they say, yep, it's a foot injury, it's not Liz Frank, it's not uh, you know any other injury we might have heard of. Turf but, toe. It, 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 that's not what they're cut. I mean, turf toe is, is an injury I've heard of, right? It and, is. And then they got what plantar fasciitis or whatever it is. It, but that, it's none of these. So I'm asking AJ, have you heard of this injury? Not two people having it in successive days or whatever, but have you heard of this injury before? I haven't. Not that I've I've heard a name for it, but yeah, I've heard a lot of what you're talking about. I've heard of the uh, turf toe, the metatarsal fractures and things like that. But uh, yeah, they, they haven't even really named this. They've said it's a unique injury, but then 
the it, fact yeah. that someone came up with it the next day tells me it ain't all that unique. It's so unique that we don't even have a name for it. Oh, by the way, on the same team, we got another player that has it. The Again, next day. It's like a horror movie in which there's like this new kind of illness that one person gets and now it's starting to spread. And I, I'm, I'm just so – and then what was so fascinating was how they were so trapped with how long is Quentin Nelson going to be out because it's hard to say they have the same injury and it's going to be much different timeline because it would kind of imply what? That Carson Wentz is a wimp? If they would have said like to Quentin Nelson, it's like, uh, you know, three to four weeks, then it's like, well, wait a minute, right? So they had to say five to 12 again. But the only reason they said 5-12 to 12 to start with because they wanted to leave uncertainty about week one with the quarterback, with the opponent, right? So all that's fascinating. But here's the question, and we'll start with Jonas. If you had for the season full emotional commitment, and let's say that their injury status is the same, meaning we're going to even give Carson Wentz the benefit of the doubt. He's not even hurt in this hypothetical. Who would you rather have? quarterback the Colts if you want the Colts to win Phillip Rivers or Carson Wentz oh Phillip Rivers clearly yeah not not even close I mean just go I mean based on recent history who was a better quarterback last year Phillip Rivers by a mile yeah I'm not even not even second guessing that and I'd say if you simply say let's throw out last year because you could say it's an aberration uh, for Wentz, that's the case they're making, right? And then let's throw out, though, his best time, which was the second year, the vaunted almost MVP, and then take the middle, what, three it would be. I think Phillip Rivers during the last three seasons is better than the middle three from Carson Wentz if you take Agreed. the high and the low out. AJ, what do you think? I, I think I was talking to McKenzie before the show started. To me, Philip Rivers, if you told me you know, before the season Philip Rivers was the starter in Indianapolis, I would think that Indianapolis is better than they were with Carson Wentz as the quarterback. I think Philip Rivers, even an aging Philip Rivers, is a more competent player right now than Carson Wentz. We're all aging, AJ. All of us, every day. <laughs> Today is the youngest you're ever going to be again. But we have the odds straight out of Vegas the favorite, Eason, Eason, not Tony Eason, Eason, minus 130. So he's a minus money favorite to be the week one starter for the Colts. Big Nick Foles up next, plus 250. Then Phillip Rivers, third, plus 350. Hunley, also on uh, the roster, six and a half to one. Ellinger, six and a half to one. Mariota, Mariota, as some say. Cam Newton, 20 to one. I'll book that. Jimmy G, 20 to 1. Now, let's talk a second about Jimmy G. I'm hearing from people that know the salary side of things that the 49ers would be pretty much ready to give him away at this point because the speculation was that the injury guarantees, the week one guarantees, and I'm not an expert when it comes to the financial side of the NFL, but if he gets hurt at any time during the preseason, Jimmy G, They'll be on the hook for all that money for this year. And when he plays in week one, I don't know if it hooks him the whole year, but it's a pretty big commitment. Every time they let him take a snap, they're taking like a $20 million risk. You don't pay $20 million for a backup. So you got to wonder, is Garoppolo a very viable candidate here or a a minimum not to be part of San Francisco? Because the fact 
that the quarterback, you know, by all accounts, and, and let's talk to McKenzie, who is actually first cousins, first cousins with Kyle Shanahan, and he also went to Yale. He'll tell you if you listen. What are we hearing about the quarterback situation in San Fran? Effusive is the word coming out of San Francisco. I know that fellow Yaley Mike McDaniel, former run game coordinator, <laughs> is now the offensive coordinator, but they are airing it out. There was one 80-yard bomb that was all over social media. Trey Lance is impressing. They're saying Jimmy G is impressing, too, better than he's ever been, they say, but it seems like Trey Lance is the story. I hear Jimmy G's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. So, now, quick question about the family relationship. When you get married, you're not married yet, do you think you'll get a text from Kyle? Yeah, I think at yeah, minimum yeah, you're here. Now, uh, his, his dad was was at my sister's wedding last summer, so. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's Mackenzie Rivers, everyone. We are straight out of Vegas. Uh Jimmy G, and we'll wrap up with him in a second. I was talking to AJ Jonas, and I was saying, you know, Jimmy G, if he's on the field, is is pretty good. I might say twelfth best quarterback. Then you look at his injury history, and you can say, well, I might move him down to 20 or so because he's hurt so much. But those are two separate matters, availability and ability. And where would you rank Jimmy G on ability with no thought of injuries or anything? It's one game. You know he's going to be healthy. How many quarterbacks would you rather have than him? Oh, God, maybe 10 to 12. Yeah, so we're in the same range. Yeah. And, AJ, make your case. You said, you said like 20, even if, if, if we knew it was going to be healthy. Yeah, I just don't think as highly of him as you guys do. Well, obviously. I, I, Why? I just, well, because I, I think that they got there to the Super Bowl a couple years ago in spite of him, did not play well leading up to that. I said, I think the 49ers had the best roster outside a quarterback in the league that year. They were a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. I don't think he's getting any better. I'm looking at Fez's rankings right here. Uh, he's got, Fez has Jimmy G number 17, and he's a, a, a known Jimmy G lover. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. Here's what but, you need to know about Fez and Jimmy G, though. When someone hurts Fez emotionally, he becomes very vindictive. So I, I don't know if you've heard about the, you know, the famous Toronto Raptor situation. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a metaphor. What's that, what's that dude's Fred, name? Famous Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet. I mean, Fez loved Van Vliet. Like you don't, like, like if, 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 if you love your wife that much, your wife's lucky. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then Van Vliet had a couple of bad games, and Fez bet it on him and on the team. And after that, he hated him. He made like a, an announcement. He, there was a formal separation on air. And then Van Vliet went on that amazing run that ended up with the title. I'm not saying it's correlated, but... Now that Jimmy G's disappointed him, he goes the other way with it. I like who look, looking at Fez's rankings. Who's seventeen and sixteen? So these are two quarterbacks that are better, the closest ones in theory to Jimmy G. So he's got Jimmy G seventeen at number sixteen. He's got Matt Ryan. Oh my God, that's Matt Ryan's much better. Matt Ryan's like some people got him like sixth or seventh. Okay, who's right before that? 
he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick at 15. Okay. Well, I do have a Washington ticket at plus 350 to win the division, so I'm not going to complain about that. You know what? We'll get him in and, and go through his list because uh, <laughs> once I complain about it, he'll change it right away. So it's like it's going to be whatever, you know. He, I mean, he doesn't stay strong for too long with those things. But I, I think one of the things you said, RJ, about the you know the, the 49ers and, and whether or not they'd be willing to, to move on from Jimmy G, when you look at their odds to win the Super Bowl right now, the Chiefs are the favorites, plus 500. The Bucks plus 700. Uh, the Bills are plus 1,200. And then there's a three-way tie after that at plus 1,400. The 49ers are in that. They've got the same odds as the Ravens and the Packers. I think a team that pro- that feels like they're that close – Starting a, a rookie quarterback and a rookie who's who's jumping up a big level uh, from you know from not playing D one college balls to the NFL starting as a rookie. I think that's a move the 49ers, I don't think they'd be willing to make. I, th- I think that th- despite the cap hit on Jimmy G and it's a, it's a big one, I, I think that they're going to be riding him this season at least until they fall out of contention. Yeah. Well, I don't think they do fall out of. Contention. I don't think they do either. So I, I, listen. What you're saying is very logical. It makes sense to me. In fact, it's really the only way. I mean, if we really go back in time and think about this trade in which they traded up to third, giving uh, the swap of number ones and two additional first round picks for a draft choice. Right. So the question becomes, if they love somebody or if they were even going up to second and they love somebody. I just don't know how you can love a third player in a draft class. If you go through and say, take the best draft classes ever and say, who was the third best quarterback in that class? It's like, there's never one that's all, even 83. I think, I think in a Tony Easton, I think he would, I'm going by memory there, but it's like, even in 83 with Marino, the famous year is, I guess, what was it, Ken O'Brien? I mean, there just wasn't three. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, Trevor Lawrence might not El- be. Elway, Marino, and, and Jim Kelly all went in that 83 Was it all draft. 83? Okay, then yeah. that one. Let's go back to 83. Wait, but Kelly went to the Canadian League first, didn't he? He did. All right, so was he drafted out of Canada, or did he get drafted and decide to go to Canada? He went drafted to the USFL. I think it was the USFL, right? The Houston oh, Gamblers. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm. Th- you know, for some reason, I think of USFL. I'm thinking of Canada. I don't know why, but but I guess that's just an example with Flutie or whatever, where that's like the B League, like the USFL was. Though you got to love the Houston Gamblers. Let's start with that. You got to love that name. All right. Here's the question, though: Do you really trade up? And there is a chance the best quarterback, you know, is Trey Lance, no doubt. But to trade up so much for the third quarterback. And then for us to think it was going to be Mac Jones, and then as Kyle has made his tour explaining what happened, it feels like that he was saying, yep, it was a tight decision. We had our eye on him. We had So it's like if you make that trade without knowing who you're picking, and that, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And, 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 and it might turn out great, but like if you look at Stafford, it's like, where is Stafford's ceiling? Is, is Stafford's ceiling any lower than Trey Lance? I wouldn't think so. And so now the question is, what's the basement? Well, Stafford's basement is so much higher than Trey Lance. Now, I get it. You're getting additional years with the youth. But the way quarterbacks play today, the way that, that if we look at Aaron Rodgers and he's almost 40 and he's, he's getting sought after so much, I mean, Stafford's, what, 33? 
So it's like you can have seven years or maybe 15 years with Trey Lance, but the certainty is so much better. And if you account for the fact they had to give a pickup to get rid of Jared Goff, I mean, the Rams paid about the same amount. So starting with you, Jonas, is do you agree with that analysis that generally Stafford and Trey Lance came for the same cost and that who would you rather have? Uh, I'd rather have Stafford. Is it even close? Uh, no, not even close. Because I, I know at least kind of what I've got. I know it's a new new team, new system, uh, you know, new coaching staff, all that stuff. But I know at least what I got. And to your point on the Trey Lance stuff, it's, the, the question's pretty simple. If Trevor Lawrence were sitting there at three, is Trey Lance still the quarterback of the 49ers today? And I no would chance. say no. Yeah, I would say no. And, and, and Zach Wilson, you got to wonder. AJ. Yeah. I think that it, when you asked it, who would you rather have, Trey Lance or, or Matt Stafford, it, I mean, for the Detroit Lions, I'd rather have Trey Lance because you're, you're nowhere close to winning. You're not going to be close to winning no matter who your quarterback yeah, is, so, so you might as well take the upside. A, if you're trying but to win now, who would you rather the 49er, have? The 49ers have a win-now roster. I just said a little bit ago, I, I think they were a quarterback away from, from winning the Super Bowl. I When they made all those trades, I assumed they were trading for a quarterback that was – NFL ready, like ready to throw on his helmet and start the next day. And that only would and be Mac Jones in theory, right? That's the only one it could have been. And obviously, I think Trey Lance, a lot of people thought high upside, but nowhere near ready, long-term project. It just didn't make a lot of sense to trade a lot of future assets to get a not ready guy for a team that's ready to win right now. And, and when the alternative is like a Matt Stafford, which again... Jonas says, well, we don't know quite what we have exactly. You're right, but could you imagine it being worse? Could you imagine with the litany of coaches that the Lions have had you know, versus the boy genius? And then you imagine uh, the, the, the um, playmakers that the Rams have versus the Lions the last couple years. Obviously, it's been a while since Megatron was there. And it, it just seems impossible that the Lions, or I'm sorry, the Stafford will play worse. So if he plays like he has the last two years even, it's such a, a big upgrade from Jared Goff. I get it. But what's the chance of Trey Lance playing that well? Uh, I mean, McKenzie, you, again, uh, defend Cuz. I've oh. watched him for years. I've watched the uncle for years, the dad. Zone read, having that ability to run, I think – I think, yeah, he throw a win now, but I think they're thinking long term. This could, this kind of guy could fit perfectly with the Shanahan system for a decade plus. Oh, for sure, and, and the uh, the positive, if he does hit and he plays well, even next year, you know, whenever soon, is they would have those additional years, and no doubt about it, that's meaningful. But really, if you're Shanahan, what's the odds that you're going to be there in eight or nine or ten years? Which is, uh, you know, again, we all wish that they only thought about the team, but we know people think, you know, GMs make decisions because it's going to elongate the decision-making process of is, are, are they good or not. You see that in the NBA all the time. And the fact that A.J. said Mac Jones would have made sense to him and the Patriots and the genius Belichick sits back, not the boy genius said with quotes, but the genius sits back and waits, and he gets him at 15. So what you're saying, AJ, is if the 49ers would have picked Mac Jones, you'd be more comfortable with that than what they did for this year. But that same quarterback that would have been superior in your mind at 15, the Patriots got without having to trade up. 
I think most people thought that if Mac Jones had gone number three overall, it wouldn't have been an egregious overreach. Yeah, and and now what what you've been saying is you've been talking about Matt Stafford and kind of that comp. If you remember, about a month ago, Kyle Shanahan was on Sean McVay's podcast and admitted that he wanted Matt Stafford. So Trey Lance was. I mean, I don't want to. It's it's sad to say he's a backup option, but that's kind of what he was a fallback plan. Desperation, and you mortgaged your future for a fallback plan. That's the scary part to me. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, it's been a busy offseason in the NFC West. The L.A. Rams have a brand new quarterback in Jared Goff. The 49ers move up in the draft, and they take the quarterback of the future in Trey Lance. Russell, Russell Wilson rather is back in Seattle for the Seahawks, looking to make things work there with Pete Carroll and company. And then you've got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, year three as they head into this upcoming season. Yeah, this is uh, – talk about the questions. Kyler Murray – Oh, this is going to be great. Some great topics here. Uh, just to wrap up with the Colts, and right now the odds of starting week one for the Colts, Eason is the favorite. He's the minus money favorite, minus 130. Big Nick Foles plus 250. Then Phillip Rivers has surged. He was 10 to 1, now 3.5 to 1. Phillip Rivers, we all agree, better quarterback right now than Carson Wentz. Nick Foles, uh, Jonas, did you hear the tape? Colin played it yesterday here on FSR. Uh, Nick Foles talking about the Colts and his love yeah. of Frank Wright. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. Yeah, it's a uh, that, that was a, an open campaign to come and get me. Uh, I'm tired of being a third stringer here, and I'm tired of playing in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but let's say there's a you know before you were married. There was a girl that you thought, you know, if, if her and I have a little romance, that would be a lucky break for me. <laughs> and then she says something like earlier than you could ever imagine that seems like it's like not only is that possible, she's like leading the charge. You, you've had that experience once or twice, I'm guessing, no, right? I, I, I mean, it's been so long. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, at know. that point, you're thinking... How, what can I, I got to say, like, whatever I say, don't mess this up. Like, you've got it now. <laughs> now it's a, you, you, wanna, you don't want to act too excited. You, don't wanna, you know, Mackenzie, you don't realize, but this happens. And <laughs> I'll it, take your word for it. Exactly. And it's a situation where you just don't, you go from how am I going to work this to how am I not going to mess this up? Well, this is an example of she's walking out the door and you're saying, stay, stay. Nick, Fo- <laughs> Nick Foles is like, listen. I I played my best under the Frank Reich system, and then and then at the end when he goes, um, yep, I guess if not, I'll just keep slinging it with the third team here. It's like <laughs> yeah. it was it was almost like a spoof. I just don't know how many press conferences third string quarterbacks have had all training camp. Hey, if you have a statue in front of the I Philadelphia guess. Stadium, <laughs> agent. I think the the issue is like Nick Foles wants to get back with Frank Reich, but since they last dated, Nick Foles has has gained sixty pounds and, and put on some cellulite. Because you look at his stats the last couple years, and he's awful. He's just not a viable NFL quarterback anymore. And he's had chances, and well, every well, time well, he's well, had well, it, he was with, with Jacksonville and Chicago. Sure. Yeah. All right, but what I'm saying—I mean, he was 32nd in the league in QBR last year. I, I mean, that's—he's well, it's, it's, not even competitive. What, what, what was Sam Darnold last year? 
Well, do you want someone who's as good as Sam Darnold? Is well, that what you're hoping for? Apparently, a billionaire in Carolina is like mortgage <laughs> Sam in the Darnold, future. Sam Darnold was 33. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. That's AJ. I'm RJ, and we got Jonas in LA. Ooh, I didn't even plan that, Jonas. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right, so Carson Wentz. We know he's kind of fragile, right? He's he's kind of fra- fragile. I mean. I could see if if Philip Rivers comes in, he might be okay. But who knows? But if Nick Foles comes in, that would be worth the price of admission. I may have, in fact, I think I will have a best bet in week one. Seattle and the Colts play. There's been a drastic line move. So check back, uh, or not check back, but I'll get into that in the last segment, you know, right before 6.50 Eastern. But now, as we talked about, transitioning to the Rams. Why do I think that McVay has been selfish with his trade with Stafford. Self-interested might be the best way to say it. So, Jonas, let me ask you, is if they had kept Jared Goff and they had a, a below average, average to below average, the Rams' offensive year this year, would you agree the narrative would be, huh, Rams' offense and Adam McVay's scheme was mighty good, but then a couple years ago, is the Bears did some interesting stuff, and then the genius Belichick took off on that, pretty much shut him out in the Super Bowl, and ever since, the league has had the cheat code, and the Rams, man, you got to start to question McVay and his scheme. Maybe the league's gotten past it. Would you say that would have been a fair narrative? Yeah, and it feels like uh, Jared Goff was the guy who was thrown under the proverbial the fall guy. Yeah, the fall guy in all of this. Yeah, because now you can say, "Hey, I don't, um, I don't want to say anything bad about him," but um, <clears throat> the guy we sent out of town, the, the, we're, we're, things are better right now. Things are yeah. bad. Like, I mean, that's been the narrative the whole the, ever since the trade, right? Yeah, and what was the narrative after the trade, and then it was the narrative right after the season, and then their decision to start the backup uh, Walford in the playoffs game, uh, Jared Goff came in and had to basically save the day with it with an injured hand yep. in, in that game against Seattle. Um, then he goes to Green Bay. I thought he played actually really well at Lambeau and all things considered, and they could not throw him under the bus fast enough afterwards. You make a great point is if they were even neutral on Goff, let's say, and it wasn't a decision to start the other guy, but it was rather an injury decision, right? Where I think it was borderline and it was kind of a vote of no confidence when they started Wofford, is it was a situation where the way he played in that game to win a playoff game with a hurt hand and then go into Lambeau and play pretty well, you'd have to say that, that whatever you thought of Goff, the opinion has to increase probably by two notches you know, like if it was 20 notches on an opinion spectrum, like a 10% increase off those couple games. AJ, would you agree with that? And do you agree with me that this is more of a PR that he can then put those last couple years behind him and not tarnish the genius, boy genius label? Because let's be honest, he's running the Shanahan scheme. He's got his angle on it. And you know what? His angle seems to have been died. And now the question is, is the iteration going to be good or not because if you look at what was it uh, Stanley the uh, you know the, the D guy defensive coordinator last year that's now with the Chargers is that how you pronounce his last name? Staley 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 yeah. yeah so when you look at Brandon right Brandon Staley is you look at him and you say the Rams were the, one of the best if not best defenses last year how good was the offense? 
Not that great. So McVeigh, does he get credit for hiring Staley? Yeah, okay. But now we've had another year where them even making the playoffs had more to do with the other side of the ball. So if it wasn't for the good PR, you got to wonder where McVeigh's rep would be right now. And Goff being the sacrificial lamb, the fall guy, feels like a PR move. AJ? In a way, it does. I, I could see where you'd be coming from on that. But much like I felt about Jimmy Garoppolo and the, and the Niners getting to the Super Bowl in, in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo, I kind of felt the same way about the Rams. I felt like if, God, if they had just a, a better quarterback than Jared Goff, they win that Super Bowl. And so I, I think it can be both ways. I think it can be Sean McVay trying to, to rebuild his image a little bit, but I also think from a football standpoint, they're significantly upgraded. Jared Goff was just not good. Mike Sando, who did his tears for The Athletic, and he was talking, he had a couple really interesting concept or, or comments, and one of them was how he's never really seen a coach uh, do a hit job on his own quarterback while still on the team like McVay has done. Like, his point is it's borderline the worst he's ever seen them turn on a guy. And my question is, if he's lazy or something, and he and I'm not saying he is, but if he was, that's something that's gonna you're gonna get frustrated with over time, and there might be a tipping point at a certain point. You're like, that's enough. But this feels like it went from hot to cold, it, you know. Because let's be honest, McVeigh checked off on that extension. Like you want to talk about another kind of a, a victory that might actually be an indictment. McVeigh's the one that decided to re-up him and give uh, Goff the big contract. I know there's a GM, but McVeigh has the power there. So now the question becomes, you're the one that gave him the contract. You're turning on him this quickly after two of his better games, at least relative to the situation. Man, I mean, it feels like this is about one guy. And I don't know McVeigh in any way. I, I, I do think it's interesting. Think about, and this is going back, Bill Walsh and then Seaford. And Seaford won a Super Bowl. But it was like it never was the same. It was like a copy, and then it was a copy of the copy as time goes on. Because as the league changes now, you got to know what move to make. But the Papa's not there anymore. Walsh wasn't there to help. What happened with the Cowboys? Jimmy Johnson. Then you bring in Switzer. Yeah, they, they can limp to the finish line. But it was a copy of a copy. And I'm not saying McVay's not a smart guy. But there's a lot of smart people. Go to any college. The professors are pretty smart usually. Forget if you go to Yale. And you know what? Shanahan's are a special breed. They have proven that their system can iterate. And you look at how he keeps iterating it. Really, what do we know from McVeigh other than he, he lifted that system? He hasn't even, even changed it in a major way even once. So if you, if you lifted a system, which is fine, we all get influenced, and then the league changes and you don't iterate, and then you throw your quarterback under the bus... I don't know, man. It feels like it, like it feels like he's getting exposed to a way. Final thought on that, Jonas. Yeah, and I just think that they put themselves in a spot to where anything less than a Super Bowl and it's considered a, a little bit of a failure because you got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, so so you got to at least equal that, if not surpass it, in order for this to seem like it was the best move for the organization. And and I'm just skeptical as to whether or not that's going to happen. Well, we we've Quickly seen this agent. in the. 
We've seen this in the past where, where John Gruden is a great example of a guy who's done this multiple times. He did it in Tampa with Chris Sims. After he went to a Super Bowl, Chris Sims played well, then played a little less well, then suddenly everything that was wrong was Chris Sims' fault and he was gone. And he's kind of done that to a lesser extent with, with uh, Derek Carr, throwing him under the bus mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So it's not unusual for a, cor- uh, for a coach who's had this great success when they don't have it to pawn it off on someone else. And oh, by the way, first job in the NFL for McVay? John Gruden, head coach. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know how they talk about hot takes? Yeah. Right? That's usually saying it's too hot that they're trying to give it too much heat. What about if the guy giving it's mad? Is that a hot take too? Like he's hot? Uh, yeah, I would think so. This yeah. is a, this is like a hot, like he wants to punch someone. I think we start <laughs> with Joe Burrow, uh, where he ranks, and if you can set it up, that's great, with the Sando rankings from The Athletic, because he was the last guy in Tier 2. Yeah, and there was a ranking that came out from Mike Sando, who does it every single year covering the NFL, Joe Burrow in Tier 2, and then this also comes before some of the rumors at training camp are that Joe Burrow still is having issues with that knee, not totally trusting it coming off that surgery last season AJ Hoffman yeah here's the here's the quote from Bengals training camp today Joe Burrow it's just not good right now throws that felt like layups last year are dropping harmlessly away from receivers are easily broken up by multiple defenders there might be a multitude of reasons for the struggles but this has been ugly it makes you wonder if the knee is still in his head so to me Joe Burrow who played half a season last year and went two and seven and then had one good college football, albeit a fantastic college football season. He was 24th in the league in QBR, which we agree is the best QB stat that you that you can uh, yeah, catch all QB stat. stat. He, he was right there with Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Tua, and Gardner Minshew. Yet nobody talks about any of those other guys as like guys who are on the right. None of those other guys blew out their ACL last year. So we're taking a guy who was 24th in the league in QBR, blew out his ACL. We don't have any previous track record of him. Yet for some reason, name brand, we're saying this guy is a tier two quarterback. I just think that's absurd. Do you have a list of the other tier twos right in front of you? I don't. I can probably get it pulled yeah, up. Pull McKin- McKenzie, get that pulled up for me, please. I tell you this, though. Jonas, you see why AJ was a was a, a, a I plucked him out of obscurity. Do you see now that that was good, and I agree oh. with him. Oh, so that, here we go. Burrow's fourteen. The uh, the other guys uh, in in tier two are Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. He does not belong in the group with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It's absurd. I'm not sure Kyler Murray does either, but that's a different I'm not sure segment. either. That's different, yeah. Uh, but I will say this. It's a good segue to Josh Allen because if you look at Josh Allen, he had multiple years, three, uh, I guess it would be three years, in which he was not all that good. 
And then last year, so let's say, was last year his third or fourth year? Last year was year three for Josh Allen. Exactly. So his first two were not good to the point of like almost like Mr. Daniel Jones right now. Like if he plays well, he'll keep his job. If he doesn't, he won't. That was where Josh Allen was. I I, I don't think so. I think year one was bad. Year two, he he threw 20 Uh, touchdowns, had nine picks. He was solid, not uh, great. I'm telling you, the narrative was, I mean, do you really think that the year two of Josh Allen versus year two of Daniel Jones was very comparable? Well, Josh Allen, won, he won 10 games, so that, well, that kind of makes a big AJ, difference. I know you're not super sharp, but do you really think quarterback wins or, or correlate? I mean, under that theory, Mark Sanchez should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm saying if Josh Allen and Daniel Jones switch teams, do you think the Bills would have won 10 games with Daniel Jones? I'd, I'd, I I'd make a hefty bet Bills, that they wouldn't. I think the way Josh Allen played in his second year was very comparable to the way Daniel Jones played in his second year. And then what we got in their third year, now we're going to see with Daniel Jones, but what we got out of Josh Allen was an all-time year. So the question is, if the most recent year is the only one that matters – does that change in a way that if we go and say, well, let's look at Russell Wilson, let's look at the second half of last year, and how well did he play? And everyone's going to say, well, you know, it's just half a year, and before that, for years, he was good. Okay, well, before last year, Josh Allen was bad. So as much as we're all celebrating Josh Allen, you got to wonder, are we sure how good he is? Because he's had one good year, and before that, his job was on the line. And if one year counts, then why isn't Russell Wilson's half year like cause for huge concern? Jonas, any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I just I think Josh Allen is trending in the right direction as far for as sure. the Joe as far as the Joe Burrow stuff goes. Uh, look, it's one thing to say this guy's got the potential to take that next step and he could be a tier two quarterback, but it, to AJ's point, that was a massive knee injury, and I think there's a lot more questions than answers. And the fact, and we got to wrap, is the fact that. Off the knee injury, the reports from camp are really bad. Yeah. That is a concerning sign. We're going to have tomorrow, I'm going to give you two best bets. You know, I was going to give you one today. I'm going to give you two because we're having a way today.